Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Two Halves. Today's guests are a unique and talented duo in the sport of lacrosse. Our first half is Taylor Cummings. Taylor is arguably the most successful person to ever play the sport of lacrosse. After winning four high school championships, she went on to the University of Maryland, Go Terps, where she became the only three-time winner of the Tawarton Award, which is given to the best male and female college lacrosse players. Taylor won two gold medals for Team USA in 2017. She's recently became the inaugural champion of Athletes Unlimited in the summer of 2021. I've had the privilege of playing with her for many years and can attest that her preparation and commitment to being the best is second to none. Our second half is Coach Jay Dyer. Jay is the godfather of lacrosse strength and conditioning. His list of clients include some of the biggest names in the sport like Paul Rabel, Kyle Harrison, and of course, Taylor Cummings. He is currently the strength and conditioning coach for the Johns Hopkins men's lacrosse team, as well as both the men's and women's U.S. national teams. Jay has helped my lacrosse career tremendously. He's got a blunt sense of humor, and as you'll learn, he goes above and beyond to make sure his athletes are ready to perform at their highest level. We share some stories and, of course, talk about lacrosse and listen to Taylor and Jay reveal some secrets of their training process and philosophies. We hope that you enjoy this conversation with Taylor Cummings and Jay Dyer. So we are so grateful to have you two here today. Arguably one of the best duos in lacrosse. To me, I compare I, all week when we've been talking about you two, we've been comparing Taylor, obviously you to Michael Jordan and Jay to Tim Grover. We've got the trainer and the and the goat. But uh, Marcus and I are really excited to have you guys here, especially since Tay, you and I have been teammates for forever. And then Jay, I got the pleasure of working with you on Team USA. Um, obviously I have a bit of a different training mindset than Taylor. So, you know, it's nice to, you know, see a man of many talents. And also Marcus, you've worked with Jay as well. A hundred percent. We've had uh, two stints together on the national team, 2014 and 2018. So, um, and our story actually started even before that, back in 2009, probably when I was training in high school and got my first Jay Dyer experience. And then obviously Taylor just being a fan from, from afar. I mean, doing some research on you and going through all the accolades, like we, it would take an entire hour to list (laughs) uh, them all. And you're always at the top, it seems, which is really, really cool. But before we'll cover a lot of that stuff as we kind of move along here, but I wanted to kind of start with your guys' origin story. Um, And Taylor, I guess I'll kick this to you. So you graduated Maryland in 2016 and the USA team was being formed for the 2017 World Games. Is that how you and Jay met or kind of just take us through that that timeline with um, post-college and, and meeting Jay? I'm pretty sure I met Jay at Georgetown oh. when he got pulled in to be our trainer. Was that your first US session? I think it was. Yep. And I saw him. I didn't actually meet him until... I saw him from afar putting down cones for us to run <laughs> interval 300. I'm already having PTSD. <laughs> I, this was like our four, like we met him obviously during that weekend prior, but my first impression of him was we had just finished our like 
third or fourth practice of the weekend. And now was his time to shine. So he came in and started to, to, you know, get cone set up for interval 300s. It's nighttime. It's freezing cold on like a Saturday in Georgetown. And I just remember being like, Oh God, like it was not (laughs) anything that Jay did his fault, but we were just like, Oh no, we have to run. And then, you know, Kelly, Kelly Berger at the time was working out with Jay. She and Allie were on the team. Allie Carey were on the team together and they're like, you're going to love him. He's awesome. Like he's such a great person. And we're like, screw this. (laughs) He's the person in charge of running us. Like we're never going to like him. Yeah. Like not the warmest welcome. Whenever you saw Jay, you're like, definitely not on either side. And, you know, as the weekends went on, you start to see his sarcastic side, his funny side. You realize he does have our backs. Like he wants us to do well. He's really not the one pushing for the 300s. And, um, you know, from probably, I don't know, that was like 2015, I think, or so from then on, you know, he was a staple at every U.S. event. And um, after the 2017 World Cup, I kind of realized I can't ride out my Maryland strength and conditioning that I had worked, you know, kind of coasted into that, that last year after graduating. And I needed to start actually training and there was no one else I wanted to go to than Jay. So what started out as sort of a negative impression, um, merely because he was the person setting up the 300 cones turned into, um, you know, a great partnership and relationship and, um, just super grateful for that. Athletes Unlimited is a network of new professional sports leagues where athletes compete in a fantasy-inspired games in lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, and softball. Follow them on social at AUProSports and on their website at AUProSports.com. Like, Taylor, you literally saying that put a pit in my stomach. I know exactly. You painted that picture perfectly. And I remember feeling bad for Jay because we were all like, the look on our face, we were like, one, who are you? Two, please yeah. leave. Like, why are you here? <laughs> like, and please, like, I hate, like, I don't like you already. Like, just get out of here. Like, literally, but this guy? you're right, Jay, you always had our back. And I will always be grateful for the 30 minute long Jay Dyer warm ups mm-hmm. that just really I needed on session like a hundred of our three day training weekend <laughs> where my body was in a body bag. So, I love that so much. That's awesome. Jay, I mean, I guess we'll hear from you. What do you, What is your first time or maybe your story of meeting the GOAT of TC21? <laughs> Can I just go back and the word set up, when we used that for cones, was actually had multiple meetings set up. I was like set up for <laughs> all of you guys. <laughs> all right? It was kind of like, I was just sitting there watching practices and taking notes and kind of seeing what the vibe of the team was. And then, you know, hearing from the coaching staff that we're going to run 300s. And I was like, now? Like, (laughs) all that? Um, But again, that was just like the culture of that team. It was, Mm -hmm. let's see um, how mentally and physically strong we are. And uh yeah, so set up might sound like a strong word, but <laughs> set up to get dagger eyes from fifty something elite lacrosse players. That's <laughs> so then uh I just use that to the advantage the rest of the time to crack jokes and deadpan run test jokes, which no one likes. No one likes those jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and to give Marcus, I don't I mean I'm sure if 
explain this to you. Um, and looking back, you know, you bond with your teammates over those tough moments, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Tay, there was probably for sure th- those four years we ran our run tests at every single training weekend. At the least fact once. that I like know when we ran run tests at each weekend, like <laughs> that's like like the Delaware training weekend after we watched the U nineteens. Um, we ran 300s at Hopkins when it was like a quadrillion degrees outside and tryouts. Like I remember that's my how most I traumatic training weekends. Is my most traumatic was on USL after we played Canada and it was free, mm-hmm. or maybe even Japan. And we were, no, we played free, Japan. It was and freezing. And our run. parents are up in the stands <laughs> watching us line up to run 300s. And I was just like, you could just see tears of like everything going down our face. Like we just gave it all and played it, you know, a hundred games and now, but you're right. It really was a testament to the culture of that team and mm-hmm. really tough decisions that the U.S. coaches have to make and and kind of seeing, you know, who can gut it out. And especially when we go to the World Cup and have to play seven games. And I don't know, what's the stat, Taylor? You know, you're better at these details. Eight games in 10 days or something, I think. Yeah, Jay and exactly. I did the math. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Um, cool. Well, so then I guess our next question off of that is, and this is kind of an open-ended question to both of you, but Taylor, I'll ask you first. I think, at, you know, like you just mentioned, in college, we we don't really know what we're doing. We're kind of thrown into the mix. You you give all the trust into your coaches. The coaches trust the strength coach, and we really don't have a choice. You do whatever they do, and you're kind of figuring out what works for your body. Um, now, post-collegiately, it's like, I mean, I feel like you live your life in fours. We're like even double out of post-collegiate, where it's like, you have to have the utmost trust in your trainer, the trust in, you know, what you're putting in your body because you are performing at such a high level. Can you speak to kind of the trust you have in Jay and like full-blown, you know, you ask him everything, how you should be training in a year span up to your goal of right now, which is World Cup. But like speak a little bit on that trust and how important it is when you are working with someone on a daily basis. I mean, I think it's everything, you know, and I trust him, not just like with having my back as far as like physically being prepared and even mentally, but like, I trust it. Like with the conversations we have while we're training are, you know, not just about lifting and lacrosse, they're about life. And so to have that relationship away from lacrosse, I think helps build the trust that I do have in in him. And for, you know, I know he will do whatever it takes to get me at my peak and to help me play the best I can play. And I think it goes both ways where he is also like, I don't, it's not, he gives me a program and I go do it. You know, there's that relationship where I, he knows I like to run as much as he hates it. And he knows I'm a little bit crazy and stubborn and I'm going to do you know, certain things, whether he really wants me to or not. And so he has the fluidity to kind of like fit into my craziness a little bit and like creates a program that works for me and also works for him that, you know, will get me to where I need to be, but also like I can run when I need to run. And so I think just having the trust with each other to kind of, you know, work together to, understand when I need to peak, when I need to take downtime. He has been like the only person to get me to rest and (laughs) like to, to understand why and to be on top of me about it. I think that, you know, it was built away from the gym and in those off offhand conversations that, you know, now we're really, I trust him with everything. And, you know, now I just do whatever he tells me without questioning it. 
Wow. Good job, Jay. But I agree. I mean, I think Taylor, obviously, um, and that was kind of my next question, but you are so self-motivated. You are, you know, I've known this from you from the day we met, but you perform at such a high level and you expect so much of yourself and it's awesome. But I'm sure, Jay, you are probably pushing her to rest more times than you have to ever actually push her to, you know, put the shoes on and get out there. Like I said, I was opposite. Jay, I would be begging Jay to tell me to rest. Jay had to probably <laughs> kick my butt to I remember one time I was like, Jay, I'm so out of shape. I can't come see you. And you were like, Alex, that's why you come see me because you are out of shape. <laughs> but I guess, Jay, can you speak to kind of how important or how it is different, how different Taylor is versus maybe other athletes that you train um, and kind of having that trust too in that direction? Well, I mean, from a standpoint of it's very easy to track what she's doing when we're not seeing each other because of uh, social media. She's posting like stuff that she does and everything like that. And that's really where like having that conversation, like you talked about discussing the idea of rest, the idea of recovery, the idea of tapering for training weekends, things like that. Just getting to the point to kind of understand Um, I guess, you know, one of my go-to lines is I say, the only thing you can do is make yourself worse right now. You can't make yourself any better. So when it comes to like, you can just name off pretty much 99% of the athletes on a national team, they're discussing to them the idea of, I know you want to push, 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 but, and then explaining it like you can't make yourself better. The only thing you do is wear yourself out and make yourself worse. So it's like, we want you to feel like when the weekend starts that you actually have an excess of energy. So having that conversation and having that make sense. And it's like, you've worked so hard to this point. You wouldn't want to be tired when you step on the field for the first practice. You want to feel like, you know, I've got the physical part of this covered Now I can just do everything else that I need to do. Just play, just figure some things out mentally and, you know, in regards to flow and everything like that with my teammates. But the physical part is is covered and I'm good and I'm rested and I feel like I'm ready to play for four days straight, you know, and do all those things. So it's not a question of, um, you know, Taylor's pretty much, game for anything. I'll, I'll just be like, I would like to try this today. And she's <laughs> like, okay. Um, and we explain how you do it and we fumble through it a little bit. And then, you know, her ability to pick up new uh, and accomplish new tasks is, is pretty quick in regards to uh, athletes. Like, you know, I would say on a broad base, like, or a broad brush, as far as saying like, please do this. And then they can't necessarily replicate it. They need sessions and sessions and sessions and sessions. We can get pretty close in three to four sets of what we want it to look like. And then we start fine tuning it. So um, she has natural athletic ability and she has the ability to um, like, how much does it suck as a coach that you don't have to ask somebody to do another rep because they're upset that they didn't do it right. So they just (laughs) do it again anyway just totally sapping the fun out of my (laughs) (laughs) No, that was terrible. Do that again. She goes, that was terrible. I'm doing that again. I'm like, 
Come on. Okay, <laughs> but to job. be fair, to be fair, I do get my fair share of ugh. Yeah. That was slow. Yeah. <laughs> with with Jay, it's never he never really raises his voice like above a seven, but there's mm-hmm. just a there's the disappointment. Oh, the that cuts. You can see. The cuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think just just kind of going off that a little bit, like um, learning so much more about. I feel like recovery has just been the hot topic in athletes in the past three to five years, you know, and sleep and breath work and stuff like that. Like Taylor, I, I I do feel a lot of similarities between you and I and kind of how we approach like our training towards the game. It's like, if I'm not doing something seven days a week, like I'm getting worse, you know? Uh And I think there comes a point where you do have to take a step back and heed the advice of experts like Jay and other trainers that I've had. Like, no, it's better for you to just, you know, if it's four days a week, really hard, and then you're resting on the other three days, like that's what it is. And, you know, the, the journey of an athlete, like your training regimen when you were 21 is different than it is now, you know, and five years from now, it'll be different. And I think just being able to adapt with that and being comfortable with it, um, is, is a cool, like maturation process of the athlete. Um, and I, I feel like, have you gone through that? You know, like, have you had to kind of change your mindset when it comes to just like, I do need a day off. I know Jay mentioned it, but like, how has that kind of maybe helped you in a positive way as a player? Yeah. I mean, I think as I've gotten older, I've like really kind of honed in on like the phrase, like work smarter, not harder. And so like, I'm working hard all the time, but like, I don't need to crush seven days a week because I also with the amount of time that we have between sessions, that makes it so hard. Like I would be dead if I crushed from now till June. Um, and went seven days a week nonstop. And that was not my mindset when I was in college. My mindset in college was kind of like, it's easier to just stay in shape than lose it and get back. And I don't ever think I'm like out of shape, but I think, you know, with Jay, I've learned like, okay, we're going to kind of maintain you from your October to your November weekend. And we're going to kind of maintain, as much as we can from November to our January weekend. And then at January, we're going to take two weeks. We're going to do a little like deceleration. You're going to go 50%. We're going to work you back in. And like, I've realized it's more of like a roller coaster where we're trying to peak at the right point than stay in shape hundred percent all the time. And that's just not how I used to think about it in college at all. Um, you know, for me, I was just like, I want to pass the run test and then I want to play and be fit all the time and during fall ball. And then, you know, once December hits, it's now preseason. So then I just need to stay through and then we get through season and now it's summer and I've got to work all over again for, for the next year. And now that, you know, we're older, you know, and I'm running around with, and there's like 19, 18, 19 year olds at training weekend (laughs) this weekend. Like, I don't have to do that. I need to approach things a little bit differently. I need to actually enjoy the stretching that Jay provides before practice. And, you know, I think when Alex and I joined us, we both looked at each other like, why are we stretching for like (laughs) 27 minutes? Like, this is insane. Like, I did a couple of quad pulls and was like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) And now I'm the person who's like, can we do the neck rolls? Can we do the ankle (laughs) rolls? Can we like do the static stretch? And I think, you know, it's funny as you travel through the U.S. system and you go from the youngest to the oldest, you're kind of looking down. And, um, you know, I think I've just gotten smarter and it's a lot to do for him because I'm actually 
informed about why I'm doing things. And, um, you know, it actually helps me come weekends, feel fresh and ready to go as opposed to feeling tired and, and dreading the next four days. Athletes Unlimited is bringing fans closer to the game with the Unlimited Club. You'll receive all the latest news and updates in the palm of your hand. Stream digital games, unlock special access, and more. Join for free today by downloading the Athletes Unlimited app available in Google Play and Apple App Stores. I guess my question would maybe be for Jay, because I feel so similar to Taylor. Like in college, we are young. You know, you're eight, you're you're just so much younger. We're bouncing back a lot quicker. Do you think that it was an advantage for us to train the way we did in college? Or do you think that like college kids in that age gap and still developing could use (laughs) the knowledge and education of what we're doing now? I mean, I guess the easy answer is yes, but it's kind of that, I feel like women, especially, it's like that weird double-edged sort of, we're still growing muscle. We're still, you know, maturing. What, I guess, in your expertise opinion, have you found is like the most beneficial for those college athletes? I, I think that what happens is you do a lot of rewinding, like as the athletes get older, because they, they didn't just like, even if you just dabble in some of these things to get used to doing it, as opposed to like, graduating college and then suddenly realizing it does take me 15 minutes to warm up or 20 minutes to warm up as opposed to same thing that you're talking about. It's like as a freshman in college, your freshman in college look at you like, why is this warm up this long? And now we have fifth and sixth years in college who are just like, coach, slow down. (laughs) Hold on. Let's put an older guy in charge of the warm up so that we go at a at a pace that's good for the old guys, right? So it's <laughs> like the idea is, you know, teaching that stuff early on, getting used to utilizing it even if it's just in small doses so that you're not when you're 24, 25, whatever, you're starting to think, "Wow, I wish I had done this when I was younger." Um You know, and and the other side of it is really for college athletes, uh, (laughs) it's going to be the sleep component, you know, because you're just in a situation that is, you're not necessarily set up um, for, you know, success in regards to your own habits. You're not getting enough sleep. You're staying up late. You know, you're going out on the weekends. You're doing all this stuff. So you're just like, totally in a deficit of sleep. So more sleep for those kids would be a good one, but that's probably a a losing conversation. So then what else can you talk about? Mobility, flexibility, you know, um, nutrition, hydration, other things where it might be easier to get those, those involved. But again, even my older college athletes now are like, oh yeah, like I'm going to bed at like 930, you know, and you're just like, awesome. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's, I, I think there's already too much of the viewpoint of, well, they're young, they can handle it. Um, cause again, I just don't know where that, that comes from. Everyone as they get older is, you know, when I was a kid, I was this, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was that. And I'm like sitting here thinking about that, even, you know, in, preparation for this, this podcast. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, we used to do a lot, but it was like two practices a week 
and a game on the weekend, if you're talking about like rec council type stuff, right? And then the rest of the time, it was messing around in your driveway or going up the street and playing with your friends. There wasn't like as much structured. It's like the the play started when you started it and ended when you ended it. It wasn't like um, practice for your rec council team, practice for your school team, practice right. for your club team, you know, this many games on the weekend. It's like, we're, we're not comparing apples with apples when we're talking about they're young, they can handle it, you know? So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also, so then can you speak to the difference maybe of there are certain moments where like you do need to learn how to push through certain things and then, you know, actually you're now preventing yourself from getting any better. Cause I, I agree with you. I mean, I know Taylor was the same way. But, like, we played every sport in high school. You know, I went from AU basketball practice to lacrosse practice. And I remember those moments of definitely being worn out. But I also remember those moments teaching me a lot about myself and knowing, like, I committed to these things. Yes, it's, like, those practices where you're the most tired are the most important mentally. Maybe not physically, but, like, mentally. So how do you kind of balance still pushing yourself at that younger age? Because I think kids now are sleeping more, they're healthier because they're hearing stories like from their heroes, like Taylor or Marcus, you know, and hearing this is what they do. So I want to act like them so I can be a a professional athlete one day. But how do you know the, or how can we advise them to know the difference between moments you need to push through versus time to rest? I mean, I, I just think that there has to be better communication from all parties that are involved. So if it's your coaches, the athletes, the parents, your strength coaches, your skill coaches, there's just got to be more uh, fluid conversation so that you can all agree that right now this is the priority. So I look at it from, you know, if we just go with a college setting, like if it's fall ball, then the lacrosse side of it is the most important thing. I shouldn't be doing anything to be a detriment to their lacrosse. And then when it's the off season, you know, the lacrosse side of things shouldn't be a detriment to the physical demands that we're going to put on them for them to push through. So it could be pushing through a hard practice, but that doesn't mean that I get them in the weight room and then try to push them there. Right. That I have to pull back. And if I'm pushing them in the weight room or in some type of conditioning, then the coaches have to understand that those kids are going to be sore. So you're going to have to pull back if you have, a skill session with them, you know, after that, because it's just understanding that who's asking you to push, right? Like you can't have your basketball coach, lacrosse coach, and soccer coach all pushing you simultaneously. (laughs) Totally. Uh, You know, so I just think there has to be better communication and people have to kind of understand, uh, you know, kind of, keep your ego in check. Like you're probably not the most important thing at that time, every time. Right. So so that's where I feel if you have those relationships, like, and everybody's in alignment with each other that, you know, that's where you're going to be the best off. If it's soccer season, like you're saying, if it's soccer season, then soccer is a priority. And if you're training for lacrosse and you're like, beat to hell from a soccer game, maybe you have to cancel your skill session, right? Because you're just beat up. Or maybe your skill session is, we're only going to work on inside finishing, right? Because we don't really have the energy or the recovery to be dodging full speed and shooting. So 
stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I think you just gave so much advice, like without even saying it, just to strength uh, coaches and lacrosse coaches across the country. It's just like communicate with each other. Like what, (laughs) what is the goal here? Like what is the goal to, you know, from September to October, make these kids better lacrosse players. And then November to December, make them stronger. You you just figured out like 90% (laughs) of the problems right there. So um, communication, trust are are a lot of the words I keep hearing popping up. Taylor, were you a, did you play different sports in high school? If so, did you enjoy them? And do you think they've added to your lacrosse success? Yeah, I played soccer, basketball, and lacrosse through my senior year. Um, I almost, like, I kind of dabbled with the idea of playing soccer at Maryland, too. Um, Very, very briefly, Kathy put a kaput to that before (laughs) the idea really even formed. (laughs) Um, It was more so of the soccer coach reaching out to my high school coach. I was like, hey, we'd love her to play soccer. And I was like, oh, cool. And then it went away quickly, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, as a high school coach, as somebody who played three sports, like I want my kids to play different things. I don't want them playing lacrosse all year round. Um, I, you know, lacrosse feels like it's the best job in the world, but it feels like a job in college. And during high school, you have the ability to play so many other things and learn from different styles of coaches and be around different players and teammates and have things that, you know, applied to the lacrosse field that you learn in soccer and basketball or field hockey. And, um, you know, I think it made me a better player. I think it made me a better person. Um, you know, in basketball, I was a great defender and I was not so great on the offensive end. And I had to learn to play a different role. And I was a different role player in soccer and basketball than I was in lacrosse. And I got taught by different people. And, I just think that is, um, you know, so good to an, an athlete's development. Um, I had coaches that I loved, coaches that I didn't love, styles of coaching that I didn't respond to, styles of coaching that I did. And I think, you know, in the times that were tough, it made me figure out how do I work with somebody or play for someone that I don't necessarily mesh with, mesh well with. And then other times it was, okay, things are going great. What about this coach or this team do I love? And how, when I was making my decision for Maryland and recruiting, like what are the things that are very important to me as a player, both, you know, with my teammates and with my coaches that I've learned. And I, I was lucky because I had a lot of experiences to kind of draw back, draw back to. So I, um, I'm a huge fan of it. And, you know, for me, I was just really fortunate that my basketball and lacrosse coach and soccer coaches supported my lacrosse and never really felt like the need to pull me into other directions when it was that, you know, whatever season it was. Um, and that, you know, that communication and even just respect for each other and for your kids was, was really appreciated. Yes, I love it. All girls here. Taylor played three sports all through high school. Don't quit your day job is what I like to tell people. But (laughs) there's nothing more humbling than like thinking you're good at basketball and then playing against people that are actually good at basketball. And um, I felt very similarly about that. It's good. It was the first sport that I ever was like benched. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, I need to learn how to sit on and not play one minute of an entire game. (laughs) Like, holy crap. But you're so, it's so true. It teaches you so much about how you handle certain situations. And I think it's really important to hear, um, you know, that you having all of your success doesn't necessarily mean that you're perfect at every single sport you've ever played or touched. 
Now, Taylor's good, okay? We played Triple Olympics in Maryland. She's a very good soccer player and a very good basketball player. So don't, she's not bad at anything, obviously, from her natural athleticism. But it is important, I think, to do things that you're not great at and, like, learn about yourself. I know I played field hockey my senior year just because my friends did. I'd never played. And it was the most fun I've ever had, just having zero pressure, (laughs) hitting the ball, like, running around, not knowing who the best player on the other team was, not caring, you know, and just— getting to play sports because they're fun. I think we get so serious. I know, obviously, you know, we can dive more into how important the mindset is for that if you want to take it to that level, but there's so much to be fun to be had and, like, so much to learn from those, you know, unique moments. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think other sports just kept me from being burnt out from lacrosse, too. Like, when lacrosse season came, I was actually excited. And I hadn't touched a stick, honestly, probably since my last fall ball tournament. Um, and you know, I just, I think you see today, a lot of kids are like losing their passion for whatever they're playing because they play it so freaking much they they never stop. And, um, you know, for me, I loved soccer. I think the hardest thing for me transitioning to college was not having soccer season in the fall. Um, it like broke my heart because I played the longest and it was very, very weird. And, um, you know, I think kids miss out on that opportunity because they specialize so, so early. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor, the, everything you hit on there was just so spot on with the mental piece of it. Jay, do you feel like physically it's also a detriment to just play one sport? Because I, I just feel like you don't work different muscles. You don't move in different ways. Um, I don't know, maybe just, do you have any thoughts on that? Like just the physical piece of not doing other things. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the way I see it is, uh, we'll just kind of talk about a phrase that drives me absolutely nuts when people say, well, you use different muscles to play that sport. So I didn't know that you had different muscles. I didn't know there was <laughs> different muscle suits in the closet. I got to put <laughs> soccer muscles and <laughs> muscles you're not using different muscles. You're stressing them in a different way, which again is like um, another favorite analogy that I have is, you know, our athletes being like tires, you know, there's only so much tread and we have to be, you know, sure how much we wear them out. So if we're just going to repetitively do the same movements over and over and over again and not change the way we move, then we're more likely to break something down by just repeating those movements over and over and over again. Um, you know, it's like no different than, well, no different than my front door where suddenly I pulled it open the other day and the handle popped off, (laughs) which is it had enough of being pulled on the, you know, to be open. So, uh, we got to fix that. So I I see that's like, kind of like your athletes, like from a standpoint of if you're going to move, you know, similarly, similarly, but different if you're looking at like Taylor's experience, soccer, basketball, lacrosse there's definitely components of those sports where you move the same, but there's also different intensities of how you move playing those sports. And so you're just kind of changing the stresses on your body from, you know, different angles to the pace at which you move to the duration at which you move so forth and so on. So it's, um, I, I do think it's beneficial physically, but it's also beneficial in regards to the crossover when you're playing your different sports. Um, And again, I think if there's a way that you can be doing that and also maintaining some type of 
strength training work, you know, throughout the year, um, that those two things in combination are going to, are going to help you as an athlete. Love it. Great insight from, uh, Taylor and Jay, young listeners out there play other sports. I know Alex and I, it's our off season right now. We have been working our pickleball muscles weekly. Crushing the pickleball court. And Taylor, do you play? You would love it. No, but I would love to play. You should. Oh my God. You got to come down, bring Greg or Jay. I will. If you want to get this work I feel on like the Greg pickleball would be court. pretty good at it, honestly. Yeah. It's annoying. so fun. But, yeah. And it's a nice way to get your competitive energy out. And um, really, you get to tell what couples are going to make it or break it on the pickleball court. Right? <laughs> it's like, wow. You, uh, you, you see um, who's going to withstand the test of yeah. time. But I kind of want to shift the conversation back to you two. I love all that speaking kind of, you know, on training. And I think it's really important to hear what you guys are expert in. But what I really am interested in, especially, you know, with this podcast being focused around relationships and being a great teammate is kind of you two and your relationship together and and how it's progressed now into, you know, being business partners and working together for so long. Um, And just me personally, having experience of, you know, being both of your teammates, Taylor, I think you're one of my favorite teammates. I tell you this all the time that I've ever had, your leadership. And just that I don't think people know about you. You really, really care about others and build a great, great team around you. Um, You can see it in the way you play, but I've, you know, obviously experienced it firsthand. Um, and you lead by example, which is incredible. And then Jay, my favorite teammate story of you is that, yes, Jay Dyer is the most incredible trainer in the world. But did, Marcus, did you know he is a culinary master at making chicken <laughs> and sweet potatoes and broccoli for us every single day in England? Like I, t- like that is the most, my favorite memory of you out of everything is that like, for background, we could not eat this food that we were provided <laughs> in England. It was just not hitting the spot. And so important to fuel our bodies correctly when we're at, in the World Cup. And Jay just put the team on his back, him and Lance, and just cooked for us every single day. Like, not at his, needs to be added in his job description. But yes. I think it just, you know, shows how being a teammate is not just, you know, physically what you guys do uh-huh. for each other on the field, but it's it's so much more than that and kind of filling in those spots for the other person when when needed. So I don't know, Taylor, if you can talk about now kind of being more of a teammate with Jay and not just, you know, player-trainer relationship. Well, I think Jay and I come up with like a potential business idea like once every couple of weeks and some are not feasible <laughs> and some are not even <laughs> appropriate to share. Some are not appropriate to discuss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but you know, I think, you know, being able to work with him now and have a ton of crossover with lacrosse and training, and I've seen the benefit as a player, um, throughout the years and to now, you know, be able to provide that for, for girls and, and guys, but girls with me, um, you know, in the area was awesome. Um, we did, you know, speed and skills training this fall, um, and to see the growth of our kids in like the seven week span was really cool. And to work with the same kids again and again, you know, you're building that relationship. So the relationship that I have with Jay, I started to build with them. They started to build with him. You saw, you know, we're with middle schoolers, so they're, they're very shy and, you know, a little bit intimidated, especially I think, um, Perhaps with Jay, you know, we now know him as warm and fuzzy, but, you know, perhaps first meeting as a sixth grader, um, you don't know what to expect in your first speed speech uh, session. I think you're thinking you're going to run 300s the entire totally. time. Um, and to see them like open up to him and get silly. And, you know, by the end, we were talking about candy bars and, you know, 
what's our favorite one? What's our not favorite one? We found out Reese's are not a hot candy any longer with the younger generation. Um, you know, it was really cool. Um, so I just have so much respect for him and what he's done for me, what he's done for his own business, what he continues to do for us and, and Hopkins and to be able to, you know, work with him away from myself working out and work with other people and free, you know, continue to get them better because by, you know, through us, I think is really fun. And he's again, somebody that I trust completely in the gym, but also trust completely, you know, with, business and, you know, moving forward with, you know, the various things we hopefully will end up doing. Yeah. And like, what is a better sell than like, you are a product of, you know, not totally what Jay's done, but trusting him for the last, you know, however many years and just being able to then leave your mark on that next generation is just Mm -hmm. so cool. I think it's such a natural transition for both of you and watching it from afar, it seems really awesome. And I don't know if there ever quite be another Taylor Cummings, but would be cool if you guys were producing a little Taylor Cummings factory awesome. out there. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and I think Taylor, for you, like for athletes, it's kind of easy to draw inspiration, right, from our heroes, whether it's our parents or our Michael Jordan or Kobe or, you know, for me it was Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel, guys that Jay has trained. Um, but for Jay, for you, like as a coach and a trainer, like – where, you know, where do you draw your inspiration from? Like, you know, what kind of gets you up every day and gets you going? Like, and, and what are maybe the most grateful, the things you're most grateful for as, as a strength and conditioning coach? So, I mean, the inspiration is actually just the athletes, you know, like, because you're um, going to have the opportunity to have experiences with them, like where it's like it, initially when you meet them, it's going to be very much like this is a business transaction, right? Like I'm here to get better. I'm trusting you to help me with that. Um, and again, like Taylor hinted at like, uh, the intimidation factor, like (laughs) I, I don't know if I'm purposely doing it. Like, you know, (laughs) it's the posture. Jay, you have great posture and you're, you know, the buzz head. When you had longer hair, I thought you looked a little more approachable and and cuddly. Uh, There it is. is. (laughs) Um, No, but I mean, I literally had uh, an athlete the other day say to me, like, what's wrong? Like, it looks like something's wrong. And I was like, that's just my face. I'm (laughs) I'm totally fine. Right. I'm like, that's what I normally look like. Um, So it's, you know, you're going to have that opportunity um, to have conversations with athletes while they're warming up, while they're on a rest period. You know, you're doing your checks and balances when they come in, like, how are you doing today? You know, like, what's going on? What's new? And then, you know, finding out if there's anything that's either going to contribute to them having a great session or be a detriment to them having a great session, you know? So, um, that's really, it is just kind of anytime you meet an athlete, you don't know what their ceiling is. So you just like put everything you can into them and they are hopefully reciprocating. And then you just kind of see where it takes them, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, it could just be, uh, you know, playing in high school and maybe not playing in college. And, you know, suddenly you're uh, like a great mom or a great dad and you have, you know, awesome kids, or it could be, you know, 
from Marcus's standpoint, like meeting somebody in high school who had a great work ethic, you know, and, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, brought it every day to seeing him go to Carolina to watching him from afar and then some having success and then sometimes watching him way too freaking close up and having him have success against a team I might work with uh, <laughs> to, you know, all the way to national team tryouts to being named to the team. I mean, that's like, you know, you don't think of stuff like that. When Marcus walked into the gym the first day, I wasn't thinking this kid is a two-time national team player. Like this is happening right now, you know? So it's like, you just invest in that work and you invest in that relationship and you see again where it's going to take you down the road. So um, it's just having, I've been doing this like a really long time now, I'll just say, because I started really young. So we'll just make that caveat, you know, (laughs) uh, I started really young, but just having, there's been some weird like interactions this week with former Mm -hmm. athletes of mine where I'm just like, this is actually, I don't know if this is some, the universe like telling me like, you know, just keep pushing forward, like, and so forth and so on. This is like why you do what you do. Um, But, you know, it's just, uh, it's really cool to see where people start and, you know, kind of where they end up and, uh, you know, your athletes are constantly surprising you um, in all sorts of ways. Like I said, whether it's success on the field or the job they have on Wall Street or, you know, the the organization they, you know, work for that's a nonprofit, whatever it may be. It's just, it's really cool to see everybody kind of grow up. I love that. That like story gave me chills a little bit about Marcus. That's so cute. And I think that's such a awesome thing about you, Jay, is, you know, exactly like you said, I think a lot of trainers like to put their name on people or like to say they're the reason people are, are, are the person they are, or, you know, or they do see that one kid and it's like, that kid is a kid I'm going to make a kind of their like iron horse that is going to be the person that makes them. Whereas you, you, as you've said, invest and, you know, create relationships with every person that walks in your door and gets a little piece of you. I think it's really, really awesome and obviously speaks to all of the success that you've had because you are putting in the work with individuals and that's why you do it, which is really cool. Yeah, and and having like no agenda for, you know, this transaction, you know, I think that's such a great way to live your life. Like if you're always communicating with people or meeting people like with the mindset of, I need to get this. (laughs) Yeah, I need to get this from you. Like it's, I don't know, it's just, it's not a very healthy way to live, I think. So to, I think that's incredible advice that you shared. And thanks for kind of taking us back to memory lane. I, I have to <laughs> tell my own Jay Dyer story. I, you know, I, 2009, I going into my senior year, I didn't play basketball that winter. I wanted to train, get ready for my senior year at, at Gilman, my spring season. So I started training with Jay. Um, I felt up to that point that I was pretty self-motivated. I had pushed myself to my max limits in a couple runs and weight lifts I was uh, immediately <laughs> uh, challenged in, in a way that I've never been uh, with a bunch of other athletes and Jay kind of at the head. And I'll, I'll never forget pulling out of the, the Merritt Athletic Club, I think, up in Timonium and driving about a quarter mile down the road, pulling my car over, opening up the door, <laughs> throwing, up, throwing up into an empty parking lot. 
and then having to kind of decompress for another 20 minutes before I could drive home. But, you know, I always appreciate and I'm always grateful for those challenges that you presented me, um, both physically and even more so mentally. I think, I think mentally they, they made me the athlete that I was, um, and still am, but, uh, I'm very grateful for that. So shout out to you, Jay. I love that. (laughs) Shout out, shout out to you for coming back the next day. Uh (laughs) Yep, That's amazing. Those traumatic experiences. That Cranbrook road stretch has so many good (laughs) stories associated with it. I mean, I've, I had kids uh, pulled over for speeding on that road to sessions. Oh my gosh. And the cop was like, where are you going in such a hurry? And the kid literally answered like, I'm late for a session and the guy I work with is going to kill me <laughs> I need to get there. And he, he was like, literally the gym's right there. He's like, please let me go. And the cop just kind of like laughed and let him like. Go <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. Well, um, we we can kind of round up this with Tay. We want to ask you a little bit just about, you know, Athletes Unlimited this past summer and a little recap. I think it fits in perfectly to our conversation just about, like, how, maybe how you train for it, having some, you know, now time to reflect on it, like how your body felt throughout it, but then mentally I I felt that those five weeks were mentally taxing almost more than they were physically taxing at some point. But as always, making yourself to the top, getting to number one spot, my girl, we all knew she was going to do it. Um, but just have you had any time to kind of reflect on it and just, you know, speak on the season? Yeah. I mean, you know, thinking back to it, I think during it, sometimes felt like groundhogs day a little yeah. bit, like you'd wake up, go to practice, um, you know, do your work, do a session, come back. But, um, you know, even when I was there, Jay was still in my backpack, like, in, like number one in my phone, like I got hurt the first weekend and I actually came back to us lacrosse like that Monday of futures and was like, Jay, I need you to put back together. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive four more weeks. And he was the one who hooked me up with like the bands and the Normatex. And I, he gave us work, uh, gave me workouts to do. And just like, again, was just like in my back pocket, always there to kind of bounce ideas off of and, you know, talk to me about how I'm feeling and what I can do to feel better. Um, but, you know, I think thinking back to it, it was definitely really physically taxing, but I agree with you. I think mentally it was just like, it was something we hadn't experienced in a really long time. And, um, now we're adults. So we had like a lot of, when you're in college, the only <laughs> thing that matters is college. And so like you're in it and there's no really outside world that you even care about <laughs> right. to be honest. So totally. when you were, when we were there and you're now a grown adult and you have, you know, your family and your fiance and your dog and all these different things, you know, that was definitely taxing, but that you get through it the same way you got through college season, you know, you enjoyed the people around you and you leaned on them and the people who are going through that experience, you're going with, you know, through right alongside them. And, um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm happy I did it because I think it, made me a better player. I played more lacrosse in that five weeks than I had, you know, since we graduated. Um, I feel really prepared for, you know, our, our session in October with us. Um, just felt like I kind of got back to my old self. It was the most close to Maryland. I felt playing wise that I had since I graduated, just in terms of like the confidence I felt on the field and, you know, my ready, my preparedness. And, um, a lot of that went, 
was credit to, you know, Jay and the work we did beforehand to kind of get me prepped. So, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It definitely was like, I didn't know what to expect going into it. And I came out of it really pretty pleasantly surprised with how it all ran with the draft and the different rules and the points and everything kind of went into it. And, um, you know, I think now looking forward, it's just, we're, gearing up for world cup and you know that's kind of the mindset so you accomplish one thing and you just kind of we move on what's ahead and what's ahead is you know in next couple days we're going down to dallas and then um you know world cups obviously in 2022 i love it i mean taylor we didn't even play on the team once together this summer that kind of stunk that's kind of crazy i didn't actually think about that i know well but that's what yeah, I agree. I felt like the closest to college, Alex, in certain ways, just because of being together all the time and playing and 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 feeling, you know, um, feeling your role, but still having to kind of play for yourself, but also mm-hmm. as a teammate, which is why kudos to you. And I know I told this to Marcus beforehand, but you were such a great captain because you created the best team, not around you, just the best team in general. And I think that, I mean, not that there's any way to crack the AU draft code. It's craziness <laughs> every single week. But, you know, there's certain ways you, some people draft it around an offense, some people draft it around a defense, some people, where I thought every week, Taylor, just it speaks to you as a leader, put the best team actually together, I felt, on the field at one time, which is why you're always successful because you're making others around you great. It's, it's, it's awesome to look at. And yes. Yeah, so looking ahead is world cup. We love that. We love that. It's on our U S soil. Going to come watch, cheer you guys on. Yeah. Is it at Towson? It yeah. is. Wow. Right in the back. We have some good memories at Towson, Marcus, us Terps. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yes, we do. I want a, I want a high school MIAA championship there. Also. There you go. So. I want a national <laughs> championship there, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> We get I will it. just say, like, in regards to the trainer-athlete relationship, if you want to just, like, a little snapshot into that, Taylor mentioned, like, she got banged up the first week. So who else has text message interactions where it's like, send me a picture of how far you can bend your knee? <laughs> and, like, then you get photos of, this is the right leg. This is the left leg. <laughs> you're like blowing it up on your phone to look at like what the angle difference is and everything like that. And it's like just not normal interactions. Like send me pictures of how far you can get your heel to your butt. And like the aerial views of both of my legs, like what's the swelling look like? Can I see your other swelling? Yeah. Oh man. I actually saw those. I was going through them and he's like, what? What is that picture? I was like, actually, I sent them to Jay, and he was like, oh, "Okay, I love it." That's incredible. It, it again, just a evidence of your both of your commitment to being great. Um, Taylor, obviously, being the greatest lacrosse player, and Jay being her trainer, and just both of you, the relationship that you guys have together, super cool. Um, you guys really are the, the modern day Michael Jordan and, and Tim Grover. I'm sure you've heard that comparison. Maybe not. Maybe if you haven't, you have now. Um, but it's it's Taylor Cummings and Jay Dyer in the in the lacrosse world. It is. Um, and we appreciate you guys coming on. And Alex, if you want to wrap up with any other thoughts you have. No, I mean, I, I appreciate you both so much. You know how much respect I have for both of you and love I have for both of you. So thank you for being a part of our little podcast we have here. And um, we'll have to have you guys back on after you win a gold. Just, uh, go. just 
saying if the AU people are listening, still waiting on my giant Team Cummings yellow. <laughs> Wait, Jay, I have one. I can you do have it. that? Yeah, you need that banner. That. Yeah, you I need it up in the... Yeah, we can hang it on the end of the gym. I was just going to, like, bring it out on the field every time she runs. <laughs> 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 Fly out there. Totally we are all on Team Cummings. I love it. Well, thank you, guys. Of thank course. You. Of course. All right, that's it. Wrapping it up. Mm-hmm.